الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خيركم 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 لأهله وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders Inshallah today there would be a nikah before the khutbah and therefore this normally presents an opportunity to discuss something which pertains to nikah, which pertains to this very great ibadat, not as advice in particular to the groom, but as advice for one and all, for myself and for all of us. And these are things that need to be constantly revised because the importance of this is extremely great. Alhamdulillah, when it comes to the importance of salah, the importance of zakat, of fasting in the month of Ramadan, the importance of hajj, these are the pillars of Islam and every person understands the importance of these things. Many a person who even shirks in this understands the importance of it. So he regards himself as a wrongdoer if he's shirking in it. But there are other aspects of deen which are also extremely important but which are not given that consideration that is required for it. And a person shirking in those aspects doesn't even feel I'm doing anything wrong. If a person is doing something wrong and is conscious of the fact that what I'm doing is wrong, there's some chance that this will change someday. That he will repent from the wrong that he is engaged in and he will rectify his situation. But a person doing something wrong and doesn't even regard it as wrong, then this is a very, very far-fetched thing that this will come right. Until and unless he then understands the wrong in that action. So likewise, when it comes to a person's married life, there are sometimes things that happen which are not in accordance to the way that a person should conduct himself. There are rights of each other that are not fulfilled. And many a times it doesn't even cross the mind that what I've done is incorrect. I will be answerable for this. So in order to understand this very briefly, to understand it from the perspective of the khutbah of the nikah, as far as the validity of nikah is concerned, the nikah requires that that proposal and acceptance takes place in the presence of two witnesses and that nikah is valid. That is how simple Allah Ta'ala has made nikah. Because this is among the essential needs of a human being. That after he comes of age, then he requires to get married so that he can conduct himself and live his life in a pure manner, in a chaste manner, without transgressing the laws of Allah Ta'ala. 
So nikah is an essential requirement in his life. And like other essentials, to the extent of how important that need is in a person's life, that is how easy Allah Ta'ala has made it. A person has to breathe every moment in order to survive. Allah Ta'ala made that available everywhere, all the time for free. He doesn't have to pay one cent for it. Because this is, Allah Ta'ala has created this insan and made this breathing a necessary part of his survival which he has to do all the time. So this is something he will be able to acquire for free wherever he may be at any time of the day or night. And likewise other essential needs to the extent of the need and how important it is, that is how easy it is. Rain, Allah Ta'ala sends it from the skies, sends it from the ground. But he'll have to make a little bit more effort for it. It's not as essential as air. So likewise, nikah is a very important aspect in the life of a person and very necessary. And therefore it's so easy, so simple. If there's any difficulty in it, that difficulty is brought into it by ourselves. Otherwise nikah is very simple. That is all that is required for the validity of nikah. But nevertheless, everything has a particular way of doing it which brings extra barakat in it, greater blessings in it, and that is the sunnah manner. To the extent that something is done in accordance with the sunnah of Rasulullah to that extent it will be enhanced, there will be greater blessings in it, there will be greater reward in it. So according to the sunnah of Rasulullah when a nikah is performed, the masnoon khutbah is recited, which Nabi recited on this occasion. And in this khutbah, there are three ayat that are recited. Now the entire Qur'an Sharif and three ayat are selected to be recited on the occasion of nikah. And the very ajeeb thing is that while there are many ayats in the Qur'an Sharif or several ayats in the Qur'an Sharif that deal specifically with nikah, But none of those ayat are recited as the masnoon khutbah, as part of the masnoon khutbah. There are three ayats that are recited in the khutbah, which Nabi Islam recited. None of these ayat speak about nikah. But what they all speak about? So the first ayat that is recited is ayat of Surah An-Nisa. Ya ayyuhan nasu taqoo rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsi wahida. وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا وَبَثَّ مِنْهُمَا رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَنِسَاءً So there is the mention of Adam and Hawa the references to them but it commences with Allah Ta'ala addressing all of mankind Ya Ayyuhan Naz Fear your Rabb who created you from one being from Adam and created from him his spouse and then Allah Ta'ala causes entire human race to then flourish from there. Allah Ta'ala says, Fear Allah Ta'ala, in whose name you ask of one another your needs. Please, for Allah Ta'ala sake, do this for me. So this is a common thing. Allah Ta'ala is saying, then fear Allah Ta'ala, in whose name you ask this all the time. And also fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to maintaining family ties. Inna Allah kana alaykum raqiba. Allah Ta'ala is watching over you. Now this ayat deals primarily with the theme of taqwa. 
The second ayat, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَانْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Oh, you believe, fulfill the rights of taqwa. Fear Allah Ta'ala as He ought to be feared. And leave this world in a condition that you are a Muslim. In other words, make sure you hold firm onto the Islam and Iman. And then the last ayat again, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Oh, you believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. And speak that which is correct and straight. That it is true also and it is straight talk also. It's not something that is ambiguous in a way that puts somebody in a kind of deception. There's some kind of trickery involved to do somebody down in some way. So again this ayat deals with taqwa. Now in all these three ayat, there isn't any direct reference to nikah. And these are the three ayat that are recited on, in the Masnoon Khutbah. So what is the relationship? The relationship is that nikah is such a relationship in itself. The relationship between spouses is perhaps, there isn't a closer relationship. And it's meant to be that way. And this is a day-night relationship. It's a 24-hour relationship. It's a year-long relationship and a lifelong relationship. All the other relationships have their importance, but there is no relationship as close as this. And the rights that come upon either spouse with regards to the other are also very sensitive. Now, who is going to be able to fulfill these rights that come upon him? Or upon her. It is only going to be that person who fulfills what is mentioned in these ayat, the, simple, the basic theme of taqwa. That person who has the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, that person will be able to fulfill the rights that are put upon him or put upon her in terms of the rights that are the rights of the husband. Those responsibilities will only be fulfilled by the person who has taqwa. Without this taqwa, then it is very difficult. Initially, everything will be fine. And as time goes, then everybody is now doing their own thing. Everybody is demanding their own rights and not concerned about fulfilling the rights of the other. And then this becomes the recipe for disaster. So this is the aspect that is mentioned in these three ayat, the aspect of taqwa. This is the theme we heard in the whole Ramadan. When it comes to hajj also, it's وَتَزَوَّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ التَّقْوَى Again, we have spoken about taqwa. When it comes to qurbani, لَيَّنَالَ اللَّهَ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا وَلَا كِيَّنَالُهُ التَّقْوَى مِنْكُمْ In qurbani also, it's the taqwa that is the criteria there. That what taqwa a person is doing it with, that is what will reach Allah Ta'ala. And when it comes to the occasion of nikah, again these three ayat are recited which all deal with taqwa. And this is the aspect that has to be brought alive in that nikah as well. Then there will be happiness. Then there will be that serenity and peace which is the object of nikah. Allah Ta'ala says that we have created these spouses for you. So that you gain sukoon. Now there are many many things that 
pertain to this. But there are two essential aspects. If these two things are adhered to, two teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is not confined to the aspect of nikah. This is in any relationship. And if a person adheres to these two hadith, then that relationship will run very smoothly. And these are actually the foundations of what is the department known as muasharat, that entire branch of deen known as muasharat, this interaction with others. The one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Nabi sallallahu says that al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadi. This is a definition of a Muslim. And the second hadith is a definition of a mu'min, in a sense. That a person who deserves this title of Muslim, Nabi Islam is saying, is that person who nobody is harmed by any word or deed of his. Man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadi. He doesn't cause any difficulty to the next person. This is the sum total of it. Physical difficulty, verbal abuse as we call it, some kind of mental torment. Sometimes it happens by not saying anything. Sometimes it happens by saying something. And sometimes it happens by not saying anything. Now the person is just completely quiet. He's not saying anything. And for how long? Days are going by. But this is creating that mental torment. So a true Muslim is a person who doesn't cause any taklif and difficulty to the next person, neither by his word or deed, in any way whatsoever, by his hand, by his tongue, by his conduct. Now if every person deals on the basis of this hadith sharif, then there will be no taklif to anybody. But then insan is insan. We all have our weaknesses, we all have our shortcomings. So coupled with this is another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. None of you is a true believer. This is defining a true mu'min. This was the definition of a true Muslim. That he doesn't cause any taklif to anybody, any difficulty, any inconvenience to anyone. Not confined to a nikah situation, anybody. His parents, his family members, his employees, his employer. Unduly, he doesn't put, put any inconvenience on anyone. His neighbor. And together with that is this hadith, the definition of a true mu'min. La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi. None of you is a true mu'min and a believer until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Now that kind of treatment that a person loves for himself is what he should love for the next person. Otherwise his iman is very deficient. So the type of treatment that the husband loves for himself, he should love for his wife. And how he doesn't like to be treated, he shouldn't treat anybody else like that. So this otherwise is double standards, that he likes to be treated in a very with a lot of respect, with honor, with kindness and compassion, that if he makes a mistake, it must be overlooked. If he's tired, he must be given his space. If he's stressed out, he mustn't be given any kind of, don't stress him out further. But then all that happens on one side only. These things can't happen on the other side. 
that there can be some pain, some difficulty, some stress, some problem. So that space needs to be given on the other side, only one side. So that doesn't, it doesn't work one way, this is a two-way thing. So this is what this Hadith Sharif is conveying. The kind of treatment that he likes for himself is the kind of treatment that he should like for others. Whether it is in the marriage, so the kind of treatment the wife likes, that how she should be treated with kindness, with compassion, overlooking things, she should treat her husband the same way. And the husband should treat the wife in the same way. How he likes that he should be handled when he errs, and he should like the same fathers also. So these two ahadis of Rasulullah are the bedrock of this happy relationship, wherever it might be. Whether it is among spouses, or whether it is between any two people. That on the one hand, each person is conscious, I am not inconveniencing anybody in any way. And on the other hand, that compassion, that kindness, that love, that forgiveness that he desires for himself, is ready to give to others. And this is why this aspect of taqwa is highlighted in these ayat that are recited in the khutbah of the nikah, because it is this taqwa that will bring these aspects alive. I should not harm anybody, because that too is just as haram, as many other haram aspects. To give somebody taklif unduly is just as sinful as many other sinful things. A person involves himself in some other haram, he understands it's haram. And here he doesn't think anything about it. So this consciousness will come alive in this taqwa. And just as he understands that reciting tasbih is an ibadat, if there's taqwa in his heart, he'll understand that bringing happiness to somebody's heart is also ibadat. And he will strive for that ibadat as well. And he will emulate the way of Rasulullah that how did he live his life as a husband. Rasulullah was the perfect example for every person in every facet of life. And among all the aspects of life is also how he lived as a husband. As Aisha Siddiqah she was asked about Rasulullah that what was the character of Rasulullah her reply, simple reply was, Kana khuluquhu al-Qur'an. His character was the Qur'an Sharif. All the noble qualities of the Qur'an Sharif were alive in him. And he lived with these qualities inside his house as well, just as he lived with it outside his house. Many a times it happens, a person, mashallah, has got the best character outside. And then he reserves the other side of himself for inside. Whereas Rasulullah dealt with the best character outside and inside. Aisha Siddiqah describes how he conducted himself indoors. We are talking about that personality who is the greatest of all the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, who was constantly in contact with the other realm. Every moment there was this possibility Jibreel would arrive with Wahi. He had more responsibility than any human being or all the human beings put together. Very often, this is the excuse for a person's ill conduct, that I am very, very stressed out with the responsibilities I have. Nobody can come to an iota of the fraction of the responsibilities that Nabi Islam had. And together with that, as Aisha Siddiqah describes him, that how did he live indoors? He says, Kana basharam minal bashar. 
He was like just any other human being, meaning any other good human being. What does that mean? He would actually be part and parcel of the household things. Apart from dealing with his wives in a most compassionate way, in a very loving manner, in a way that brought happiness to their hearts, he would actually share in the household tasks. It is reported in the Ahadith, Nabi Sallallahu sometimes even sweep the house. Can be imagined. Yaksifu na'alahu. If his shoes required mending, he didn't issue some instruction. We are talking about Sayyidul Kainat. We are talking about Ba'adas Khuda Buzruk Tu'i Qissa Mukhtasar. After Allah Ta'ala, there is the greatest rank of any person, any human being cannot reach that rank, neither can any angel reach that rank. The rank of Rasulullah sallam. And if there was something his shoes need to be mended, he didn't issue an instruction, he did it himself. If his clothing need to be patched, he did it himself. He didn't just issue some instruction. Whereas he could have asked somebody to do it, they would have done it more than happily. But Nabi Salaam was teaching the Ummah that it is not below anybody's dignity to do these what we call menial things. But what this does this do, it brings about that kind of environment in that household which creates that sukoon, that tranquility, that peace, that happiness. Unfortunately, this is one branch of deen which has been generally forgotten. The aspect of muasharat, this interaction with people, everyone according to their level, whatever the situation is, but that this too is part of deen. There are ahkam and laws of Allah Ta'ala pertaining to this. And not fulfilling these aspects that pertain to muasharat can make a person even lose all his rewards of his ibadat to. On the day of Qiyamah, this will get dished out to those people who were oppressed in some way. All his salah and his fasting and his hajj and his umrah and his charities and whatever, those who he oppressed in some way in the line of muasharat as well, they will take all these rewards away. This is how important this aspect of muasharat is. So this is not something confined to nikah, but it becomes even more sensitive in the situation of nikah. And therefore, because this is a lifelong thing, with the passage of time, these things get taken for granted. They get neglected, and then even the realization that is being neglected, that also gets forgotten. And Allah forbid then these start bringing about problems upon problems, and then we see the kind of situation that sometimes come about, Allah Ta'ala protect one and all. So these are the pure teachings of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which if we adhere to, we will enjoy the benefits of it in dunya also, and the real benefit will come when we will see the rewards of it in the akhirat. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala accept the nikah that is to take place now. Allah Ta'ala accept all the nikahs that have happened already. Allah Ta'ala grant this tranquility and serenity in every home, fill every home with barakat, and unite the hearts. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil